With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Magnificent Montague, starring Marty Woolley. Yes, it's the Magnificent Montague, the Saturday night transcribed feature on NBC's all-star festival of comedy, music, mystery, and drama. Brought to you by Chesterfield. Always milder, better-tasting, cooler smoking, plus no unpleasant aftertaste. And that's the biggest plus in cigarette history. By RCA Victor. World leader in radio, first in recorded music, and first in television. And by Anison for fast relief from pain of headache, neuritis, and neuralgia. Before we hear from the magnificent Montague, let's hear from Chesterfield. Science discovered it. You can prove it. No unpleasant aftertaste when you smoke Chesterfields. The biggest plus in cigarette history. Added to Chesterfield's world-famous ABCs. Always milder, better tasting, cooler smoking. Only Chesterfield gives you all that, plus the added pleasure of no unpleasant aftertaste. Science discovered it. The country's first and only cigarette taste panel reported that of all brands tested, only Chesterfield leaves no unpleasant aftertaste. You can prove it. Smoke a pack of Chesterfields. You'll find Chesterfields taste better while you smoke them. And after smoking, no unpleasant aftertaste. The biggest plus in cigarette history. Buy Chesterfields today. And now, the magnificent Montague. To Edwin Montague, the fact that he has reached Radio Heights as Uncle Goodhart, star of an afternoon radio program, means very little. He still longs for the days when, as the magnificent Montague, he was king of the Shakespearean actors. But time goes on, and it is now morning in the Montague apartment. Lily, Edwin's wife, is just getting up. Agnes, the maid, is setting the breakfast table. Summer time, and the living is easy. All fish are jumping, and the cotton is high. ba 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 Oh, your daddy is rich, Agnes. and your mommy's good looking. Agnes, oh, good morning, honey. I didn't hear you. I heard you. I wrote tee toot tee toot Agnes, please. Edwin's still sleeping. Ah, the poor little monster's still asleep. Agnes. I'm serious, honey. He needs all the sleep he can get so he can wake up nice and fresh and make life miserable for me. 
<laughs> now, Agnes, you and Edwin written all the phones. I'll get it. The residence of Edwin Montague and Lily Boe and Magnus the maid at the control tower. You're on the beam. Come in. Come in. Over to you. Roger. Agnes. Honey, let me live a little. <laughs> See who it is. Okay, okay. Hello? What? You want to speak to Mr. Edwin Montague? He's still asleep. I should wake him up. You should live so long. <laughs> My insurance doesn't cover getting torn to pieces. Huh? Sure, come up. Goodbye. Oh, now, really, Agnes, must you make every phone call such a production? Kill me. It's my only contact with the outside world. <laughs> Who was that who wanted Edwin? Some jerk. He came all the way in from Brooklyn to see your husband. He came from Brooklyn to see Edwin? Why not? Even in Brooklyn, they got nothing like her husband. <laughs> uh, probably a member of his Uncle Goodhart radio fan club. They want him to make an appearance at another one of their parties. Now, let's get the table set for breakfast. Okay, boy, I'm beat. Oh, uh, did you go to the beach on your day off yesterday? No, I was with my club, the unattached girls of East 37th Street. <laughs> Beatrice Fink had us over to her house. We had our annual You Two Can Be Beautiful party. Uh, you Two Can Be Beautiful party? Yeah. All the cosmetic and beauty aid companies send us samples. We try out everything. Oh. I've never heard of any other organization having a party like that. No other organization needs it like we do. Well, uh, uh, what was the party like? We chose up sides and gave each other home permanent. Oh, no. Yeah. My partner was Bobo Hockholzer. You should see the home permanent I gave her. She looks like she's from the old folks' home. <laughs> so that's why you're wearing a bandana over your hair this morning. It's not the permanent. It's what came after. We all dyed our hair. Oh, Agnes, you dyed your hair? Let me see. I'm afraid to look. What happened? Murder. First they dyed it red. Mm -hmm. Then they said it was stylish to put a white streak in it. And they talked me into a blue rinse. What's it look like? Don't ask. All I know is on the way home, everybody I passed stopped, took off their hats, and started singing the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> uh, I'll help you wash it out, Agnes. Eh, I should have done what the other girls did. They fixed up their hair just to look like their favorite movie stars. Really? Yeah. Ida Mae Schlitz's favorite movie stars, Rita Hayworth, so she dyed her hair red. Uh-huh. Minnie Tompkins' favorites, Elizabeth Taylor. She gave herself short black curls. You ought to get a load of Zelda Zimmerman's head. Oh, who was her favorite movie star? Guy Kibbe. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Agnes, stop exaggerating. You and those girls really have good times together. Uh-uh, I think your husband's up. Oh, get the coffee. Now comes the warm-up of his golden throat. <laughs> The voice of Firestone. Agnes. <laughs> Good morning. Gad, Lily. What happened to Agnes's head? Now, Edwin. Agnes, did you get the license number of the truck that hit you? <laughs> I'd like to thank the driver. Now, Edwin, she just had her hair touched up. With what? A bloody axe? <laughs> Gad, it looks like a vegetable plate. Look who's talking about hairdos with that beard. Agnes. I wonder they call him the Magnificent Montague. He's the only man in the world who can brush the dandruff off his shoulders without taking his hands out of his pockets. <laughs> oh, stop it, both of you. Agnes, get Edwin his coffee. Shame on you, Edwin, fighting every morning. For 25 years I've endured, Agnes. Old housemaids never die. They only get in your hair. <laughs> Now, relax, Edwin. Relax? Will I ever relax again? 
What has become of the magnificent Montague? The voice that has thrilled theater goers as Macbeth, Hamlet, Othello is now heard five afternoons a week babbling into a microphone. Hey! How the mighty have fallen. Lily, life is bitter. If you think life's bitter, where do you get a load of this coffee? Oh, now, Edwin, eat your breakfast. You'll be late for your radio broadcast. Oh, yes, my broadcast. Uh-oh. What's wrong? Oh, I just remembered. Some man from Brooklyn is coming up to see you. He must be one of your Uncle Goodhart fan club presidents or something. Oh, no. And from Brooklyn? Well, he said he must talk to you. Ridiculous. Where am I going to find an interpreter at this time of the morning? <laughs> Edwin, those radio fans are your bread and butter. Lily, why did I ever leave the stage? That was the life. Every night speaking Shakespeare's immortal lines. And every morning standing in the unemployment insurance lines. <laughs> Agnes, why don't you go somewhere where people will appreciate you? Like on a live bait boat. <laughs> Edwin, if you don't hurry... Oh, someone's at the door. The guy from Brooklyn. Oh, no, this is all I need. I'll get it. Yeah? Is this the residence of Mr. Edwin Montague? I'm Edwin Montague. Mr. Montague, it is indeed an honor to meet in the flesh the man who I have admired these many, many years. No, thank you. <laughs> Excuse my abruptness. I, I was expecting some creature from Brooklyn. Allow me to introduce myself, sir. I am E. Marmaduke Hesselwhite. Uh, Mr. Hesselwhite. Of Brooklyn. <laughs> Uh, Brooklyn. He must have come over on the London Bridge. Oh, quiet. <laughs> Mr. Hesselwhite, I must say, you don't look like uh, my uh, typical Uncle Goodhart fan. Uh, uh, Mr. Montague, I am chairman of the cultural division of the Brooklyn Academy of Fine Arts. Mr. Hesselwhite, I didn't know such an organization existed in Brooklyn. Mr. Montague, it is our purpose to show that besides a tree... Culture also grows in Brooklyn. <laughs> that is why we need you. Me? You, Mr. Montague, the foremost Shakespearean actor of our times, will be a spearhead in the Brooklyn Academy of Fine Arts campaign. Flatbush fights for the finer things. <laughs> Lily, did you hear that? There are still organizations in this country who haven't laid down a tortured culture... Mr. Hesselwhite, count on me. That's bully. Then you will be with us tonight. Tonight? We are having our first summer festival, Shakespeare Under the Stars. Shakespeare Under the Stars. Oh, Edwin, it sounds thrilling. The immortal words of the bard in an open-air theater. A drama just as it was done by the Greeks. And it'll all be Greek to Flatbush. <laughs> Lily, I told you when we had company to keep her tied in the kitchen. I'll be there, Mr. Hazelwhite. On wings of happiness, I fly back to Flatbush with the glad tidings that the magnificent Montague will be in the bosom of Brooklyn tonight. Adieu. Uh, Lily, I must prepare my program for tonight. I'll give them the battle scene from Macbeth. And something from Hamlet. Well, naturally. Well, how's this? Tis now the very witching time of night when churchyards yawn and hell itself breathes out contagion to this world. Lily, 
It's like a shot in the arm. You say that in Brooklyn, you'll get a shot in the head. <laughs> Quiet, you Philistine. Louis, this may be the beginning Edwin, of it. A... Edwin, you'll be late for your broadcast. Oh, my broadcast. Edwin Montague is Uncle Goodhart. That's like asking Arturo Toscanini to play Abba Dabba Honeymoon. <laughs> Just think about tonight, Edwin. Tonight, Lily. Shakespeare of the stars. The voice of the magnificent Montague will be heard once again. It will sing to the high heaven. It will what to the high heaven? (laughs) (laughs) Lily, so help me, I'll kill her. Edwin, hurry. You'll be late for your broadcast. Goodbye. We'll be back with a magnificent Montague in just a moment. Here's Dinah Shore for RCA Victor. There once was a farmer who took a young miss in back of the barn where he gave her a lecture on horses and chickens and eggs and told her that she had such beautiful manners that suited a girl of her charms. A girl that he wanted to take in his washing and ironing and then if she did, they could get married and raise lots of sweet violets. It's going up, 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 high on the bestseller list. And RCA Victor's latest hit, the exciting new release, Sweet Violets by Dinosaur, is available now at your record dealers. So stop in and buy Dinosaur's greatest recording, Sweet Violets, coupled with If You Turn Me Down. Both numbers are destined to be sure-fire hits the countrywide. And ask for and listen to another brand-new and beautiful RCA Victor recording, Dinosaur's How Many Times and its flip side, 10,000 Miles. Yes, for an encore from Dinosaur, get these two fine new recordings on the RCA Victor label. And now, back to the magnificent Montague. With his mind on Shakespeare under the stars in Brooklyn, Montague is just finishing his Uncle Goodhart broadcast. Listen. And so, Ronald, here you are again, visiting Uncle Goodhart in his little cottage on the sunny side of the lane, with the police hot on your trail. Now you want Uncle Goodhart to hide a car in his garage. Ronald, where is your memory? You have seven of them in there already. I understand, Ronald. Everybody likes an automobile. But you, Ronald, like everybody's automobile. (laughs) Ronald, I looked the other way when you filed the serial numbers off those seven cars and made out those false registration papers. But now, Ronald, you ask too much of old Uncle Goodhart. You want me to make a decision for you. Should you join the auto club? (laughs) This is a question you must ask your own heart. But no matter what you decide, remember, as you ride out on the highway with the sound of sirens behind you, always keep your head high in the sun and lie. (laughs) 
so ends another episode of Uncle Goodhart. Until he meets you again in his little cottage on the sunny side of the lane, here is Uncle Goodhart with his thought for today. When a lightning bolt strikes your neighbor as he bends over to pick up the dice, <laughs> say to him as he bursts into flame, it won't strike in the same place twice. <laughs> Mr. Montague. Oh, thank heaven. Great program, Mr. Montague. You had those listeners really glued to their radios. Why not? I'm stuck with this program myself. <laughs> oh, what a sense of humor. It was a great show. Here's our director, Mr. Zinza. Good show, eh, Zinza? Oh, it was a rip snorting wingdinger. All right, all right. <laughs> oh, come now, Zinza. No, I like it. Well, you'd say that it was good, bad, or indifferent. No, I like it. You like that? What do you know? You have a particle of taste in your entire body. You can say that again. <laughs> ah, Zinza, no wonder you've risen so high in radio. It was your head that inspired the vacuum tube. <laughs> oh, thank you, Mr. Montague. All right, Zinzer, I'm sorry I started this battle of wits with you. I keep forgetting you're out of ammunition. <laughs> By the way, boys, what are you doing for tonight? Tonight or nothing. How about you, Zinzer? I haven't a thing on. Wonderful. Now, how about coming out to see me tonight? Say, that'd be swell. Oh, my wife will love it. She's always pestering me. Why don't we get together with the Montagues? Maybe go bowling together or something. <laughs> no, no. no, no. <laughs> Uh, no, boys, it's not a party. You see, I'm doing some Shakespearean readings at a cultural festival tonight. Wonderful. Uh, Shakespeare, eh? Love that boy. Mm. <laughs> it's called Shakespeare Under the Stars. Great. Sounds George to me. Uh, where's it going to be? In Brooklyn. Well, boys? Hey, uh... <coughs> I just remembered, I was out with the Leica yesterday shooting pictures of the kids. I've got to develop them tonight. How about you, Zinza? Well, I just remembered... Zinza? This is the night our bowling team goes to the Turkish bath. <laughs> Zinza, you said you weren't going to have anything on tonight. I'm not. It's a men's Turkish bath. <laughs> This is loyalty. I'm asking you to come to Brooklyn to see me perform. I've never been there before, but I'm going. Mr. Montague, please, don't go. Don't go? You'll get lost. We'll never see you again. Oh, stop. Stop being ridiculous. Mr. Montague, don't you know about those Brooklyn streets? They're a jigsaw puzzle. I have an uncle who lived in Brooklyn. Know his address and everything. We never could find him. <laughs> All right, Zinza. We consider him dead. All right. <laughs> Save us a lot of running around. Oh, stop. Look, Springer, it must be simple. Here's the address of the Brooklyn Academy of Fine Arts. 1607-A5-9-Pelsa-Terrace-South. Well, here's a phone book. There's a map of Brooklyn here on the first page. Here we are. Now, let's see. Uh, here's Brooklyn Bridge. I go over the bridge here. Now, I'm in Brooklyn. We'll never see you again. <laughs> oh, quiet. I go down Flatbush Avenue. This is simple. I pass Myrtle Avenue, Newkirk Avenue, across Church, down Pitkin. Now, we're here, too. Huh? 
What is it? How did that happen? I'm in New Jersey. Oh, this is ridiculous. Five million people live in Brooklyn. They're just lost. Mr. Montague, don't go. I made up my mind. I'm going to Brooklyn. Take care of yourself, Mr. Montague. Try and stay in the occupied zone. <laughs> Mr. Montague, you can't go. Remember your contract with the sponsor. No unnecessary risk. Oh, this is the silliest thing I've ever heard. I'll just take a taxi. Where's my hat? Mr. Montague, reconsider. Just let me take one last look at you. <laughs> Stop being child. Wait, Mr. Montague. What is it, sir? Should all the quaintest be... Oh, goodbye. Hold it, driver. Just saw a street sign there. Oh, no, it's Pitkin Avenue again. Oh, this is silly. It's the Brooklyn Academy of Fine Arts. They wouldn't hide it. Mister, if there's an Academy of Fine Arts in Brooklyn, they better hide it. <laughs> Stop, Bears. The Academy is just the headquarters. I just want to get there to find out where they're holding the event. What event? A big outdoor event. Thousands of people will be there. It's obviously a stadium. Why don't you say so in the first place? You know? What do you think all these people and cars are headed for? The big event? Sure, in Ebbets Field. <laughs> Ebbets Field, never heard of it, but uh, that must be the place. Let's go. I'll drop you off in front of the player's entrance. Hello? Brooklyn Dodger baseball team locker room. Eddie the trainer talking. Oh, Charlie. Yeah, two of the umpires got here. The third umpire ain't showed up yet. How the boys look tonight? <laughs> How's Pee Wee Reese's thumb? I massaged it all day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll let you know the minute the third umpire comes in. Take me out to the ball game. Take. Okay, okay. Yeah? Yes, I hope I'm not late. No, it ain't started yet. Hey, we've been expecting you. Come in. Now here, help me with my suitcase. I, I brought my things. Yeah, sure. I better get ready. Hello, Charlie. He got here. He looks tough. Okay. Help you, pal? No, thank you. Uh, by the way, uh, where are the players? They're out there already. They're warming up. God, I'd better warm up, too. Yeah! Jeepers. They'll sure hear you all over that field tonight. <laughs> Good crowd out there? They're falling out of the stands. <laughs> To think in this little hamlet so close to Manhattan, there can be so many lovers of culture. Have you a program I can see? You don't need a program. I know the whole lineup. <laughs> Good. Who else is performing tonight? Robinson, Reese, Hodges, Campanella. Never heard of them. But as Shakespeare says, the play's the thing. The double play's the thing. <laughs> well said, young man. I better run over a few of my things. When shall we three meet again in thunder, lightning, or rain? Soon as you get dressed, the other two are out there already. <laughs> the other two? Good. Then we're doing Macbeth, the uh, battle scene. I'll give it to them tonight. <laughs> I will not yield to kiss the ground beneath young Malcolm's feet. Before my body, I throw my warlike shield. Leon Macduff! And damn be him 
who first cries, hold, enough. Well, how's that? Excuse me. <laughs> Hello, Charlie. Tell the boys to lay off this one. He's going to be murder on us. <laughs> no, not yet. You got time, plenty of time. Hey, you must be new. I've never seen you before. Well, I've never been in Brooklyn before, but I've been on the road a lot. Come to think of it, I think I did see you in St. Louis. Very likely. I was there with the uh, Comedy of Errors. Boy, we sure blew that one to the Cardinals. What a lot of mystery. <laughs> Very little rehearsal. I hope tonight's different. You're not kidding. But the Duke's really ready. The Duke? Then we're doing Midsummer Night's Dream. Good. I'll do Oberon. Who's Puck? Puck? <laughs> Mister, you got your games mixed up. This ain't no hockey match. <laughs> I know it's not a hockey match, you idiot. Look, mister, I just work here. I don't want to get you mad. Good. Well, what's that? They're almost ready to begin. I got to go out. Again, I better hurry and get into my Macbeth costume for the battle scene. Uh, hey! Yeah? Uh, would you help me get into my outfit? It's right here in the suitcase. I'll open it. Jeepers, what's that? That's my armor. Your armor? Look, mister, them rumors about Brooklyn being tough is just newspaper talk. You can work with just a regular chest protector. <laughs> Nonsense. Give me my helmet. Helmet? Ain't a mask enough? <laughs> After you see me work, you will realize that I don't do things halfway. Yes, sir. Now hand me my sword. Your what? <laughs> my sword. Excuse me. Hello, Charlie. Tell the boys they better not let out a peep tonight. He's carrying a sword. I told you what finally happened here in Brooklyn. Yes, tonight is the night it will happen in Brooklyn, my good man. History will be made. Okay, that's it. They're starting. Open the door. Listen to them. That's Brooklyn crying for culture. Let's go. Edwin, you're so late. Lily, I just want to get go right to bed. Oh, you look so tired and dusty. Yeah. Oh, Lily. Lily, I still can't believe what happened. You should have seen me. We did. On television. You did? <laughs> Dirty rat calling Jackie Robinson out when he stole home. Oh, Agnes, will you shut up? I had enough for one night. Yes, Edwin, now lie down. Lily? Yes, Edwin? Please believe me. Yes, Edwin? Honestly. Robinson was out by a yard. <laughs> The next time you suffer from pains of headache, neuritis, and neuralgia, take Anison. You'll bless the day you heard of this incredibly fast way to relieve these pains. Now, the reason Anison is so wonderfully fast-acting and effective is this. Anison is like a doctor's prescription. 
That is, anison contains not just one, but a combination of medically proven active ingredients in easy-to-take tablet form. Thousands of people have received envelopes containing anison tablets from their own dentist or physician, and in this way discover the incredibly fast relief anison brings from pains of headache, neuritis, or neuralgia. So the next time a headache strikes, take anison for this wonderfully fast relief. Anison, A-N-A-C-I-N. Anison comes in handy boxes of 12 and 30, economical family-sized bottles of 50 and 100. Get anison at any drug counter. Listen again next week, friends, to The Magnificent Montague, starring Monty Woolley. The Saturday night transcribed feature on NBC's all-star festival of comedy, music, mystery, and drama. Brought to you by RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, and first in television. And by Anison for fast relief from pain of headache, neuritis, and neuralgia. The Magnificent Montague was written by Nat Hyken and Billy Friedberg. Ann Seymour was Lily. Pert Kelton was Agnes. Also heard in tonight's cast were Art Carney, Johnny Gibson, and John Griggs. Jack Ward was at the organ. This is Don Pardo speaking. <laughs> when you drive, it pays to be careful. Your car can give you and the family a lot of enjoyment this summer, but only if you drive safely and always carefully. The Magnificent Montague came to you from our Radio City studios in New York. Tomorrow, hear Archie Andrews and the Quiz Kids on NBC.